All right, so welcome back to CDF Sports. Holy shit, have we had one hell of an NBA offseason so far. We're just a, a little over a month away from the start of the next season, and it has been insane. I mean, this has been, in my lifetime, one of the most fun offseasons I've had. Not We're used to seeing superstars sign here, superstars sign there. But the trades that are happening right now, the blockbusters that are going on around the league has just been insane. But one thing I want to talk about first is we've gone into, and everyone agrees, we've gone into this player movement. And it's and as fans, we understand, we understand the player movement, we understand more power to the players. Uh, The owners have really had a lot more power than fans realize and that players realize. Every time they come to a deal, it seems like the owners win. The players kind of get rooked. So, of course, the players are going to be like, well, any chance I want out, I'm going to get out. Uh, But I want to talk about the James Harden thing. And there's no loyalty on any side of this. There's no loyalty... Anywhere in sports, we under, or, you know, you get certain players that, hey, I want to play with this team my whole career. We understand that. But when you talk about loyalty in sports, it is, even as fans, we're not loyal, right? I mean, a lot of people, you have two different aspects of fandom in today's game. And you have the true team players, I love my Celtics. I will always be a Celtics fan no matter who leaves, no matter who goes. I will stay with the Celtics. You know, okay, they're gone. Bye-bye. Bye, player. I don't really care. But when you look at, and LeBron really started this. LeBron's really the first one that we've seen that got this going, and it was the player fandom. LeBron was the first one where fans would, they jump ship from Cleveland to Miami, then they jump back to Cleveland, and now they're in LA with him. It's it's been that it's been that way his whole career where he generated the the player fandom. And we, you know, we've probably had a little before that, probably with Jordan, you know, maybe Bird and stuff like that. But they all played with the same team. So we never we didn't really get to see that. You know, Jordan ended up with the Wizards at the end of his career, but that's a whole other aspect of this. Um so really there's no loyalty even on fandom side and it's insane to think about that but I mean it's true and we've always known players a lot of players really don't have any loyalty especially in the player power movement owners we know don't have any loyalty it's a business for them your only your assets your a lot of people are expendable you know your commodities to these guys So, of course, we're, you know, as fans, we're like, hey, do what you got to do. Make your money. Get your get your deals. Um, But like I said, LeBron's really the first one that we saw with the player, you know, the player fandom. And honestly, like I said, I'm always a diehard. I'm not a player fan. I'm a team fan. There's been one player that's really kind of split me. And that's Rondo is especially when he went to L.A. When he wasn't with L.A., I was like, hey, Rondo's one of my favorite players. He's always been one of my favorite players. I didn't, you know, we I did not agree with us getting him out of Boston, but I agreed with him kind of wanting out because he wasn't getting the respect that he deserved. He was arguably the best playoff player out of the four when we had the big three. 
you know, Rondo, without Rondo, we probably don't win a title. Uh, his playmaking ability, his defense, his ability to just be a court general, his court vision, his IQ is just off the charts. And when he wasn't with LA, I was able to say, hey, yes, that's my guy. I love Rondo. I love everything about Rondo. He's one of my favorite players of all time. When he went to LA, I was split because here I am, I'm a diehard Celtics fan, but now one of my favorite players who used to play for my team, now he's at our rival, he's wearing the purple and gold, but I still looked at him just like, not to the admirable level that I looked to Kobe, because Kobe is one of my favorite all-time, he's my favorite all-time player, he's my basketball hero, I absolutely love Kobe Bryant, even though he played for the Lakers, tormented me for 20 years. When Rondo got there, it was kind of the same thing. He was my favorite player. I loved him. You know, I, I completely threw out the rivalry when it came to Rajon Rondo, and I was like, "That's my dude. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a fan of him." So you can say I go both ways, uh, but I follow my Celtics more than I follow Rondo's career. Um, I say that to say this, and it's it's become a different league. You know. Past generations have been, hey, you're gonna, we're sticking with this team. This is my team. These are my guys. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go away from them. Well, now you're to the point in the league to where transact. This is a transactional league. You know, we're used to players bouncing around, moving all the time. No matter how good you are, a lot of times we expect you to see to see you on three or four different teams throughout your career, based on where the team is at at the time. Uh, what's it look like uh, championship-wise, contendership-wise. So we're used to that as fans. We're, we, don't look, we don't look for loyalty anymore, and that's the thing. And I think that older generations don't quite understand that, where they're like, oh, well, how can you still support these guys? Well, because this is what we've grown up in over the past 15 years, is we're used to these guys moving around, bouncing around, being on different teams, two or three teams throughout their career, no matter how good they are, uh, wanting to go for championships, wanting to go for contenderships. So that's older generations don't really quite understand that as much as we do. Um, but the James but the James Harden thing is really baffling is people are like, oh, well, how are fans going to feel? Fans, Hart Rockets fans of course, it's going to suck for them. You know, here goes their franchise player. Here goes their star player. Even though you haven't won a title with him, you're still in contendership every year. So it it's a lot better than being at the bottom of the pile, especially now when you've traded away all of your assets to get Russell Westbrook to trade that Harden wanted more. He didn't want him there. The, but the other front, the ownership wanted him there. Harden wanted him there. Harden forced that trade. Uh, Maury fought it as hard as he could, but ownership really made that executive decision. I believe that that's one of the things that led Maury to, uh, you know, really kind of being upset in Houston and not wanting to be there. He's one of the best GMs in the game. You know, everyone loves Daryl Maury. Now he's in Philly with Doc Rivers, who I still believe is was played into a championship by his players in Boston. I don't believe that he is a championship coach, as he's, and he's shown that a lot with L.A. But fans of Harden, who 
were, was a fan in OKC, followed him down to Houston. Now they're going to follow him to Brooklyn if he gets there. Now, I say if he gets there because on the flip side of this, if you are Houston, if you're the new front office, you're looking at this and you're like, well, you forced us, you know, you wanted the Westbrook trade, you wanted somebody with you, you wanted a guy that you really love, that you love playing with, that's one of your friends, but you, we, we sent away a ton of assets to get him. We've set up OKC and their future better than we've set up ourselves. And if you're Houston, you're saying, well, guess what, asshole? You're going to be miserable. Fuck you. Sorry, bud, but be miserable for the next year. So we're not trading you. You're going to have to deal with it. Uh, we'll even trade away Westbrook if anyone wants. I believe that the Rockets can be petty if they want, especially without Maury there. I don't believe that Maury would have done this uh, with Houston being out. Maury would have tried to get what he could back. He did. He wouldn't want the team to be miserable. But if you're going to be petty like this as a player after what you did to the team for the future, if the ownership becomes petty, I'm more pro player than most people. I... I get into arguments with my dad all the time. My friends don't agree with sometimes what I say about the players, but I am more player I'm more player friendly than I am owner friendly because I understand more loyalty lies with the players than it does with the owners. Uh, but over the years, the players have become increasingly frustrated with that non with that disloyalty from the ownership, from teams. So now they've just taken a lot of their careers into their own hands. Um, but it's, you can be petty as an ownership right here and say, no, you're going to stay here. We're going to keep you. You're not going to Brooklyn. We're not going to allow you to create that team up there. I'm not, now it's not going to work. I don't believe it's going to work. I feel extremely sorry for Steve Nash if this trade does go through. Uh, to have to deal with KD, with Kyrie, with James Harden, three of the most, three of the players with some of the highest usage rates in the NBA. It's probably gonna be combined the highest usage rate for any big three in NBA history, uh, if I have my stats correct. So it's, that's really something that people, that you need to look at if you're, if, you know, you if you're Brooklyn, uh, you know, KD wants, you know, they want Harden there. Harden wants to go to Brooklyn. But if you're the Brooklyn ownership, if you're Steve Nash, can you, are you really going to be able to handle those three egos, keep those three on the court at the same time? Uh, if you're Houston, what can you, you know, what you're going to get these four guys back, but they're not, even with all four of those guys, they're not really going to be the caliber that Houston, that, uh, Harden is, but the thing is, is now you add a young core, but you don't have anything to add on top of that unless you're able to flip a couple of guys for a couple of picks. Uh, but the problem is, is you have those four guys as your core, but then nothing after this year. And that's what sucks about the Westbrook trade. You traded all these people away. And I just, I just think that on both sides, I see what's happening. But if one's going to be petty, the other one can be petty. Uh, and we'll just, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens with this. Uh, speaking of giving away, 
I want to talk about the Bucks, the Bucks and the Pelicans. Uh, what the Pelicans are getting back is gonna help Milwaukee. Is gonna help them more than Drew Holiday is the Bucks. Now I understand Holiday is a very beloved player in the league. His defensive versatility is out of this world advanced metrics he is a monster when it comes to defense he's the best defensive guard in the game uh you can play him off the ball you can play him on the ball he can take some of the pressure off of Giannis bringing the ball up the court uh it's not like and now it's not now the thing about Bledsoe is I've been off on Bledsoe for the past couple years I don't believe he ever should have got that extension he's not good enough to get that extension I've always been a George Hill fan he's bounced around but I've always loved his game, you know. So going to Pel- so going to the Pelicans, allowing George Hill to kind of mentor these younger guys, uh, adding him to that lineup with Zion, with Brandon Ingram, with Lonzo Ball, uh, adding him with those guys. I think that it Jackson Hayes. I think that it's going to be really good. Eric Bledsoe, I think, can be a good bench player. I don't think, you know, they may put him in the starting lineup. But and then George Hill come off the bench. I think that's probably the way it's going to go. Um, you know, it'll probably um, their projected lineup more than likely right now is George Hill, their six man, and you're going to have Lonzo, Bledsoe, Ingram, Williamson, and Hayes, which I think is a fantastic starting five. Uh, I'll get to what I think could be the best starting five. So I believe that the Bucks made this trade because the rumor is that. Giannis is about to make is about to sign his supermax. Uh I think that it's gonna be I don't know how smart this is for Giannis. I think that he should ride this final season out, allow himself to go into free agency, see what's out there. If you're the Bucks, I think that you don't make this trick. I I know that you said you're all in. You want to, you know, you're going all in to get him championship help. But is Drew Holiday worth two of your guards and three first rounders? He's not. You're giving up a super. You're giving up a franchise player. You're giving up a franchise player package for a guy who hasn't made the All Star team in seven years. He's getting up in age. Older guards, you know not really that great because they have the ball so much because usage rates can be so high so you're giving up this franchise player package for someone who you're not sure how long he's not extremely healthy i think he's only played like one or two full seasons if you count this shortened season uh so i mean you're you're counting on a guy to be there who hasn't always been there uh so i don't i don't know what you're and you're throwing away your future. So say that the Drew thing doesn't work out, Giannis becomes unhappy. Well, you don't have this to go back and say, hey, Giannis, it's okay. We understand you're upset. You know, you just signed the Supermax. We're not contending the way we want to because they're going to contend. They have a superstar like Giannis. They're going to contend, but we're not contending the way you want to. Hey, we have these picks. We're going to try to flip these, get a superstar in here to help you out, or we're going to build back up through the draft and we know it may take a little time but be patient with us now the bucks can't say that because now what you don't have those assets to bargain Giannis with so if you're Giannis even with the drew trade 
I think you tell, I don't think that there was communication between Giannis and the Bucks there. I don't know if they went to Giannis and said, hey, we're thinking about going to get Drew Holiday, who was a really big trade talker through this offseason. Hey, we're going to go get Drew Holiday. This is what we're going to give for him. You know, Giannis could have said, and Ryan Russillo brought up this point on the Bill Simmons podcast Tuesday night is, eh, do we really want to give up this much? Because, hey, you know, we don't know what's going to happen over the next few years. You know, let's ride this out. Uh, or was Giannis saying, hey, if you, or did they go to him and say, hey, if we get Drew Holiday without telling him what they were giving up, it, hey, if we get Drew Holiday, we've got this Supermax waiting on you. Was this discussed before all this? And Giannis is like, hey, get me Drew. I'll sign the Supermax. We'll see where this goes. I think that if there wasn't, it all depends on the communication factor, but if there wasn't that communication between these guys, I think that it is, it would be perfectly okay for Giannis to say, I want to hold off the Supermax signing. Let me figure out what's going on. Let's see how this year plays out. We'll talk more in February. Let's let's ride this out. I've got one more year left. Let's see how this lineup does. Let's see how this goes. Even though I believe Drew's only on contract for one more year, but maybe he resigns if there's, you know, if they're doing good. So, if I'm Giannis, unless the communication was there that hey, you're going to sign this, I think that Gian, even if it was, I think Giannis goes back to them and they're like, "Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. You just said we were getting Drew Holiday." You didn't tell me that we were giving up the next four years of this team to get Drew Holiday. I don't know, you know, you should have communicated this with me if you're trying to build around me because that's the thing is, it's not too cocky for Giannis to say, you said you're going to break the bank to build around me, but yet you went overboard unless the asking price for Drew was this high for most teams now you've broken the bank to where we don't have a future you don't have anything to put around me for the next couple of years outside of drew i don't know if i want to sign this let's ride this year out we'll see what happens uh so i don't think the bucks really 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 thought this through uh the front office it seemed to be a disconnect between the superstar i also don't agree and ron Rosillo also brought up this point and i i'm gonna plug this uh they're not a sponsor or anything but i absolutely love bill simmons podcast anything on the ringer ron Rosillo, absolutely amazing cousin sal you know all these guys that he brings in koc all these guys, they're amazing at what they do. Bill Simmons is one of my favorite of all time. I listen to him every week. I listen to every podcast he puts out. It's where, you know, I'm always trying to learn. You know, I'm new at the podcast game. I'm new at the, I'm new at the sports talk game. I'm always trying to learn from these guys. And, okay, what do these guys talk about? How do these guys capture their attention? And I absolutely love them. If you, if you are a sports fan and you want to listen to great content, I really, really suggest that you go to them and listen to what they have to say because it really, really is riveting stuff. Um, but, you know, that's back to the Bucks thing. That's just how I look at it. I'm not in the front office. I'm not Giannis. I don't know. We don't know what communication was there, you know, but 
it's just a lot of things to think about if you are Giannis, if you do want to sign this Supermax deal. It's a lot to think about over the next month, and that's the thing is, they said next month. So this gives him a month to look at this and be like, what is the plan? Like, asking the front office, hey, what's the plan for the next, <laughs> my bad, excuse me, for the next couple of years after we've given up all this, do you plan to get anything back and so I believe that the Bucks and Houston it's different because the front office put the Bucks in this situation James Harden put Houston in this situation uh it's just getting really everyone's chasing LeBron everyone's chasing the Lakers but instead of looking because you can look at this and say hey LeBron is doesn't have a lot left on his contract. What can we do to build this team up over the next couple of years so that when he is ready to move on, we can compete? And that's the thing. I proposed with Giannis, I proposed and I've had a lot of backlash from my friends saying, "Well, why does he want to go to the West? Why doesn't he should go to Miami? They're going to fit him well." I proposed that he ride this out and go to Portland. And the reason I say that is, if you look at Portland and you look at what that lineup could be with Nurkic, if Melo stays with your two guards, you're looking at a potential five-man lineup which could be the best overall five-man lineup in the league. You're looking at uh, Lillard, McCollum, Melo, Giannis, and Nurkic. So you spread the court out, Giannis has ample opportunity to fill the lane, uh, McCollum doesn't have to be on the ball so much. You can run him off of screens. Um, you know, he's not his usage rate isn't going to be high. He's going to become more of a Ray Allen type, which I think will fit him more come playoff time. You're not going to put the pressure on him when Lillard's off the court because now you have Giannis. Giannis can control the ball. Uh, Lillard's going to take the pressure off of Giannis to control the ball. Giannis is going to take the pressure off of Lillard to control the ball. It's all this stuff. The court's going to be spread. They would just need to add some depth. But you're looking at all this, and Portland could be a real contender, but it all depends on what Giannis does over the next month or so, what he talks to the, you know, how him and the Bucks communicate and what he ultimately decides. Um, another trade... Uh, I feel bad for Ricky Rubio because he was traded. You know, he signed last year in Phoenix. Now he's flipped to the uh, Thunder. And then all of a sudden, hey, we're sending you to Minnesota. Uh, you know, it doesn't look like the Thunder are really going to do anything with all this because now Kelly Oubre, now with Clay Thompson out for the season, now Kelly Oubre Jr. is looking to be flipped to Golden State. So they're going to add that. Uh, it's... It's just a lot of moving pieces right now, and I absolutely 100% love it. As a Celtics fan, I've been looking at two trades. I've been hearing about two trades, and I'm ready to see what Danny Ainge does. He tried to he tried to get those three picks in the draft trade away. That didn't work. He won a spot in the top eight, but it seemed like none of those teams wanted to budge. He didn't want to package any of the players um, but the two trades that have come up that I've heard about, I don't know, Woj hasn't dropped anything, but the two trades that I heard about were flipping Hayward straight up for Oladipo. I don't know if their contracts work out, so there may be more to it, but that's all I've heard. Or Hayward back to Utah to bring Rudy Gobert. But now 
I don't know if you're going to break up unless there's so much discord after what Gobert did. If there's so much of that, uh, we don't really feel right around this guy. Unless there is that sentiment in Utah, I don't think that they're going to get him. That they're going to send him away because I think that they see Mitchell and Gobert as the cornerstones of their team. Um, so. I would love that because now you add a rim protector. Tice doesn't have to play the center. Tice can move to the four where he would be more comfortable. He doesn't have to guard all the big men. Uh, you can, you know, Smart plays more of a role. You can move Smart back to the six man. Even if you flip Hayward for Oladipo, you can move Smart to the six man. If you want to play Tice back in the five, now you're going to get a starting five of Walker, Oladipo, Brown, Tatum, Tice. If you flip Hayward and Gobert, now you're going to get Walker, Brown, uh, Tatum, Tice, and Gobert. Smart comes off the bench either way. I think it's more Smart played fantastic last year. He was great, or this past season, he was great in the playoffs. Uh, I love Marcus Smart. I've always loved Marcus Smart. I love defensive guys who can score. Smart is a defensive guy first, and I absolutely love that about him. It's one reason why I loved Rajon Rondo because he was a playmaker. He was great on the. He was great. His court vision, his IQ. He was great defensively. He could score when he wanted to. That's the reason they won a title because he turned on the scoring juice. He realized that he had to. I love people. I love players who can do that. Brown is another one. Tatum is another one. They're both great defensive stalwarts who are just great scorers. Uh, so I don't want to see Marcus Smart has been rumored to be part of packages. You know, it seems like possibly everyone is up for sale in Boston except for Tatum and Brown, who are going to be the guys for the next five, six years. So it's just something to look at. Um, there was a lot of stuff happening on trade night or on draft night. Uh, shout out to, we always knew the top three. We didn't know what order they were going to go in. But Anthony Edwards, LaMelo Ball, James Wiseman, you know, it's, uh, you could have intertwined any of those three, uh, but I believe that this draft, this offseason, this has been amazing. I don't, this draft really wasn't as high profile as a lot of other drafts in the past uh, because we didn't get a full season of college basketball. Hopefully we do get it this year. Uh, I just, this was you know, I know this hasn't been a long podcast, but this was just me. I wanted to get us some stuff out there about the NBA, about the picks that were swapped, about the big trades that were made, the trades that we're looking at. As we hear more and more, we'll do more. I'll do more podcasts. I'm probably going to try to do one tomorrow, uh, possibly for NFL. I'm going to start doing more college football. I'm going to start doing a wrestling podcast where I'm going to get a couple of my friends on. I talk to people all the time about sports, about wrestling. Uh, it's not just WWE. We're going to cover a lot of wrestling. So, I mean, just look forward to more content, um, especially as I'm also in school. So, especially as the school year kind of dies down, we're almost over with it. So, look for more content from me. Uh, just, you know, guys, thank you. Thank you for all who have listened and who will continue listening uh, I love every one of you uh, I'm hoping that we can build on this and really get this going especially 
as everything heats up now that we're almost back into the NBA season, football is getting deep into the season. Uh, so just be on the lookout for more episodes, more content, more diverse content. I love you all. Thank you so much.